Welcome to City Life Church Podcast. Our desire is that all may come to know Christ and fulfill their purpose in life. We welcome you to head over to our website for more information. God bless you and enjoy the message. This morning I just wanted to share something. I just felt like the Lord put in my heart to share this morning. And the title of my message is Opportunity for Favor. Opportunity for Favor. And I was thinking about this, and I thought, would it feel awkward for you just to turn to somebody and say, I'm favored of the Lord? Would it feel a little bit like pride or something? I don't know, because sometimes if you think about it, to tell somebody, hey, I'm favored of the Lord. I know one thing we can do, probably and feel more comfortable doing, which is turn to somebody and say, you are favored of God. God's favor is on you. Say that to somebody. God, say it to somebody. Yeah. Tony, I know you got to speak louder from where you're at over there. Yeah. God's favor is on you. God's favor is on us. Here's a scripture that tells me why I know this to be true. In Proverbs 8.35, This is a quote from God, all right? A quote from God. For whoever finds me finds life and receives favor from the Lord. Yeah. So if we have discovered the goodness of God, we've found him and we have become part of his family, guess what we have stumbled into? Favor. Favor. It's, it's, it's good to hear that, and it's good to know that, because so many times we don't feel that. We don't feel his favor in our life. Lord, I pray right now, just for the next few moments as we talk about your favor, Lord, I just pray that you touch each of our hearts, wherever we're at, whatever our situation is, that we would be willing to open our hearts and say, and be okay with saying, I'm, I'm favored of the king. I'm favored of the Lord. His favor is on my life. Lord, I thank you for that and that we could discover what that means for us and, and how that applies to our life. And, and I just pray for uh, everything that is, is going on in our lives during this season, God, and, and we do focus on you and we do focus on who you are and what you've done for each one of us and we so appreciate it. I just pray your blessing on every person here and everyone that's out of town visiting family this, during this holiday season, uh, Christmas time, and uh, we are. I'm asking your blessing to be released on everybody today in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 In Luke chapter one, starting in verse 26, says this: In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy. By the way, this is kind of come into the story a little bit here, but there was a, a, a connection that's being made here between Mary and Elizabeth and her husband, who was a, a Jewish priest. But so Elizabeth was pregnant. She was an older woman who wasn't able to have children, and God obviously intervened, right? His favor came upon them, and her and her husband got pregnant. So she's six months into her pregnancy. Then God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. 
She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Now, the favor here that is we're talking about in context of this is has a lot to do with God's grace that he had given to Mary and the grace that she received. Because if you look at some of the history of her lineage, and you'll see this, and there was something that God wanted to come and clearly let her know, clearly explain to her his favor that's on her life, his grace on her. And so based on what Mary thought of herself, what she may knew of herself, she's like, what? Me? You, you must have the wrong woman here. I, I don't understand favor. I'm, not, I'm nobody special here. What, what's going on? You, you must have the, the wrong person. Well, opportunity always comes with favor when opportunity is given by God to us. Those things go hand in hand. When there's opportunity for us, and here's Mary with an opportunity, and God's speaking favor to her, and he's saying, I'm giving you this opportunity to, to rock the world, really. And he, and he comes to tell her, you're favored. He wants her, know, go, her know, to know going in. And he's telling us, as he's given us opportunity to do some incredible things for God, he wants us to know right out of the, right out of the shoot, hey, by the way, you're favored, and here's an opportunity. And, and he's bringing that to us. You ever watch the movies, they're usually the animated movies, where the underdog gets the princess somehow, right? And something happens. He shouldn't have. He didn't deserve it. He, he wasn't royalty. He, he shouldn't have been there. But there was favor that came somehow upon him. And that, that's for us, because we're kind of those people who could be looked at, well, we're just kind of the underdogs here. They're... It, it could happen to them over there, but not happen to me. When God comes to tell us, he goes, hey, guess what? You've discovered who I am. My life is living in you. You are favored. Therefore, I'm bringing opportunity to your life to express that favor. So it goes on here in verse 30. The angel's telling Mary, don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her. For you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. There's a link here to David. Mary wasn't necessarily royalty or anything, and she didn't understand blessing and favor. She was this woman who describes herself as just this lowly woman. Why me? Lord, why me? You might ask, why me? I don't deserve this. But he comes to say, you are favored. You are favored. She was a humble woman that contained something in her heart, though that the greatest endorsement possible came to her from God. To say, I am favoring you, and by the way, I'm giving you opportunity to do something that is probably the greatest thing 
ever up to this point in history of mankind. Yeah. What, what a ringing endorsement by God to somebody. Well, guess what? We are in the same place of Mary was. There, there is an endorsement from God to come to you, to your life, to tell you you're favored and I've called you to something. And the, and, the, and the enemy is not going to be able to stop that. Mary's willing response to the opportunity that was given by God, it released pa- favor upon her. Yeah. It releases favor upon her to be the catalyst for birthing the Savior of the world. <laughs> Think about that. You, anybody here engaged to be married? When, so let's take this. So Candace, you being a young woman engaged to be married. Could you imagine right now being visited from an angel to say, Candace, you favored woman of the Lord, I'm calling you to give birth to the Savior of the world. That, does that kind of rock your world a little bit? Yeah, I mean, we know the history of the story, but to think about that as, right. as a young woman and the reality was, and we won't go into all the stuff about it, because we knew that that was going to set some things off, because back in those days, adultery, which would, or uh, fornication, anything like that, sexual sin, would have been considered, you know, and that was the, the people are going to, what are they going to assume, right? Oops, she messed up. She's done. We don't understand how God does things, right? But, but he spoke clearly and through these different situations and where Mary was able to say, Lord, whatever it is you have for me. And then Joseph had to kind of come along and go, whoa, I got some mess to deal with here because you know, I know people are pointing fingers at me. So you've got all this, somehow God in the midst of all that. Because what it is, is you see the history of People messing up all the way back through Jesus' lineage, and there was a lot of mistakes made. But God comes to say, my grace has come, because he wants to show, if everything was perfect up to Jesus, why would we need Jesus, right? So we we live in a sinful world. And and so God understands when he comes and he says, I'm doing this, and there's a new covenant. There's something new coming. So here's Mary's response. Uh, farther into Luke chapter 1, verse 46. Mary responded, Oh, how my soul praises the Lord, how my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he took notice of his lowly servant girl. And from now on, all generations will call me blessed. That's got to be hard to say. I mean, that's kind of from somebody who feels not worthy to somebody say, you know what? All generations are going to call me blessed. For the mighty one is holy, and he has done great things for me. It's okay to be confident in who you are in Christ. It's not who you are in you. It's who you are in Christ. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, gives me the strength. We can do this. There's favor that he's speaking over your life. You need to accept and receive that favor and say, you know what? I am favored of the king. I, I, I understand that. Is that, that's the thing I think that likes to come to mess with our mind and say, no, I can't, I can't receive, I can't accept, no, I got to be this. No, it's okay to be confident because we read that because God right out of the gate said, 
If you know me and you, you've become a part of who I am, favor is yours. Yeah. <laughs> do you, later on, do you think Mary ever needed any letter of re- recommendation for anything as Jesus' mother? Probably not. I mean, she's walking around like, man, thank you for, I mean, she, she answered the call. And I'm sure that when Jesus was a teenage, a kid growing up and playing kickball or whatever it was, I'm sure Mary was his biggest cheerleader running up and down the sidelines, whatever. Go, Jesus. Come, you know, make another score. Jesus, hey, that's my boy. That's my boy out there. And I can imagine all the parents on the other team are just like, could you, coach, would you pull that kid out of the game? Because he keeps scoring all these goals and he keeps beating us all the time. And, you know, think, think just kind of the fun aspect of who Jesus is. But Mary had to be one happy mom, one proud mom thinking, wow, I, I actually allowed myself to be used to put my, my thinking of who I am, this thing that I had myself in this box, I allowed that to be shattered. I, I took a risk in a sense and allowed God's word to come into my life, and how, how now I'm, I'm here as this mother of this boy who's going to one day forgive the sins of every person in the world. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 it's crazy to think about that. Mary ends up giving birth to the Son of God, the Savior of the world. That is big. And we see the favor is passed on because she said, yes, favor then is passed on to the next generation, which is Jesus' generation. You would think, oh, we don't even need this scripture, but look at this next scripture in Luke chapter 2, verse 40. There the child, Jesus, grew up healthy and strong, and he was filled with wisdom, and God's favor was on him. Wow. We wouldn't think that need to be there, but I think there's something generational. When we're saying yes, think of the next generation and the generation after that, when we're obedient to say yes to God and allow his favor to be on our life and how that gets passed to the next generation. His favor was on Jesus, Luke 2.52. Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and all the people. You need to understand God's call and his grace and his favor is on you. It's okay to say, thank you. Thank you, God, for your grace, for your favor on my life. 1 Corinthians 15.10, this is what Paul says. But whatever I am now, it is all because God poured out his special favor on me and not without results. Now, understanding where Paul came from, he was a guy that was killing Christian. He was... He was the worst of the worst, really, in, in those days. If anybody understands grace and favor, it's Paul. And so he's telling us, God's poured out his favor on Paul? How, how could Paul be favored? That's what the average person would think. But then he goes on to say, for I have worked harder than any other apostles. And that's not, I mean, he, he's saying this is the reality of where I'm at in my life because of where I came from. And what I understand from God, I understand his grace and favor, then I am working harder than anybody to see his kingdom projected and see see his kingdom grow. He says, yet it was not I, but God who was working through me by his grace. He totally understood it, totally understood it. 
Now, there's nobody in this room that has gone out and persecuted and murdered people, Christians and stuff. I mean, okay, so we're not, but think of the grace that was even on Paul because of that, because of his transformation that happened in his life. Here's another in 2 Samuel 7, verse 12 and 13. This is the prophet Nathan, what he's saying to David. King David, he said, when your days are fulfilled, you will rest and you will rest with your fathers. I will set up your seed after you. This is prophetic. Who will come from your body and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. Prophecy about Jesus to come that was gonna come through David's lineage. <laughs> David's, David wasn't the... Uh, greatest in his moral failures. And there's things that happened in his life, but yet there was a prophetic word that came over him. I think that so many times that we don't feel that we deserve God's favor or his grace, that it paralyzes us from moving into the direction that God wants us to accomplishing the things that he wants us to accomplish. Because we allow the enemy to come and just sort of put this lid on us to keep us quiet, to keep us in this corner, and woe is me, and I don't think I'm ever going to get out of this mess, but God comes today to say his favor and his grace is on your life. Yeah. Thank you. So what do you do from here? Where, where do you go from here? What decisions do you make? Do you allow yourself to be used for opportunity to God, for God, to do some incredible things through you? Huh. Mary's husband, Joseph, would not have been born if it wasn't for this woman named Rahab, known as a harlot, prostitute? How about the Bathsheba and David? We're talking murder, adultery. Well, those people couldn't have God's favor on their life. They've made these huge mistakes. Joseph wouldn't have existed if it wasn't for those people, though, and making mistakes. Now, God, he doesn't, we understand his word isn't, hey, make this mistake and so that I can do something good. No, but he takes things and he turns what the enemy meant for evil and he'll turn it for good and you say, I'm gonna produce something out of that. Watch me. The enemy, you're not gonna crush the seed because some, somebody made a mistake. God's not gonna say, I'm, I, I'm not allowing the enemy to crush that seed because I have a plan. His, the legacy the lineage, all those things, God already had a plan. Yeah. He already had a plan from the beginning, and he wasn't going to allow, because if we allow the enemy to crush us right now yeah. and take us out, then it stops what God can do in us and through us in the future in our life. Yeah. Yeah. We have to refuse to allow the enemy to win, because yeah. God has a plan. Yeah. He has a plan. God didn't condone what David did with Bathsheba, but he had this plan that there would be this baby Jesus born of a lowly young woman named Mary. Yeah. It was in the plan. It was in the works. He planned that Joseph would be the man given charge to raise Jesus as his earthly father. And Joseph, Joseph was the descendant of these two women. That we were just talking about a prostitute and an adulterer. And we just want to put the chop and God's like, hey, hold on a second. He was chosen to be the earthly father of Jesus. Grace covers. We, his grace covers. We need to walk in grace and favor because that's what he's called. It, it, again, I'm, I'm not 
I'm, I'm not saying that we're justifying making mistakes, because that's not what we're talking about. But God can take our mistakes and he can turn them into the savior of the universe, <laughs> savior of the world. I, I believe if you've ever needed something that will remove shame or guilt or make you feel like, man, I, I don't deserve to be alive or, or, or my child was a mistake or whatever, if, if you ever need something to help you to remove anything in that, this story would be that, to remove any shame or guilt because you shouldn't have that today if you're here because God has come and he's, he's taken and he's forgiven. And God takes whatever man may see as a mistake and he turns it into a miracle. He turns it into a miracle and there's miracles in this room today. There's miracles to come in this room today in, this, in our community. And I, I just want to say favor is on you. If favor's coming your way. His grace is here in so many ways. I just want to read just quickly just this story. Take a couple minutes in Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 1. Just the birth of Jesus. And I'm just going to read through this real quick uh, and make a couple comments. But at the time, the Roman Empire... Uh, Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This is the first census, census taken when Quirinius was governor of Syria. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for this census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, who was now expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. That night, there were shepherds staying in the field nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those whom God is pleased. When the angel had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was a baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished, but Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. She was probably thinking about that moment that Gabriel came to visit her. Favored woman of the Lord. Mary, did you know? Mary, did you know? Put your name in there. Put your name in there. Did you know what God has planned? What God's planned? Because his favor and his grace is on your life. Do you know that? The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. 
Now, on a side note, here's a trivia question. How many shepherds were there? Nobody knows? Nobody knows how many shepherds there were. You know what? That's good. That means you all know your Bible. Because most people would say three. And I would challenge you to find any wise men. What did I say? Shepherds, sorry. Wise. How many wise men? Now, I, I had it wrong. How many wise men? I just messed that up. Now I just messed up the answer. I messed it up. So pretend you didn't even hear me. So somebody yelled grace. I like it. Too late. How many wise men were there? You don't know how many wise men there were? Everybody says three, though. But there were three gifts, but we, the Bible doesn't say how many wise men, right? It does not say how many wise men. So if you find how many it says, then I'll buy you dinner. Okay, we're all good. And that wouldn't be a wise choice for you to try to challenge me on that. Never mind. That was a bad diversion, and I apologize for that. But that's the one thing you'll remember about my message, because that's always what happens with people. It's like, hey, I loved when you told that story about that you screwed up on. Yeah, but what I preach about? I don't know, but I like that part. <laughs> so just in closing here in a couple of minutes, but I, I, I guess the question is, why Jesus for us? Why Jesus? Why do we need Jesus? Because there is no other religion, person, entity, or anything that exists by how our sins can be forgiven. It doesn't exist. Jesus is the only way. He's the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by or through him. So we know that to be true. And we understand we live in a sinful world, a corrupt, fallen world. Boy, we know that more now than we ever known, right? I mean, what we see going on around us. It's a moral, corrupt state, morally corrupt state we live in, not talking about the state of Washington, but just the state of being. And we're, we're, well, we won't go there. But really, we're estranged from God until Jesus comes on the scene. I want to read this scripture in Romans chapter 6 in the message version, verse 21, starting there. It says, as long as you did what you felt like doing, ignoring God, you didn't have to bother with right thinking or right living or right anything for that matter. But do you call that a free life? What did you get out of it? Nothing you're proud of now. Because I, I would, you know, all the people that now that you're Christians and the things that maybe you came out of, you weren't proud of that. It was fun. You thought, oh, this is great. But at that point, now you're at this place looking back and going, not a good decision. Uh, it was a good decision for me to accept Christ. Where did it get you? A dead end. But now you've found you don't have to listen to sin tell you what to do and have discovered the delight of listening to God telling you, what a surprise. A whole healed, put-together life right now with more and more of life on the way. Work hard for sin your whole life, and your pension is death. But God's gift is real life, eternal life, delivered by Jesus, our master. What a great opportunity we have to have Jesus as our master. What a gift. And, and, and favor has been offered to us, to all of us who have said yes to Jesus Christ. Yeah. 
yes to him being Lord of our life. And, and it's an opportunity that we have. We've been forgiven. We've been forgiven. And, and I remember seeing a bumper sticker years ago. I think it was, I'm forgiven, which, which is good. I mean, because we are. We, we've been forgiven. So we see in, in verse 38 in Luke chapter 1, when the angel told Mary she would give birth to Jesus, the Son of God, her response was, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. Then the angel left. That's what we, our attitude to the Lord. God, whatever you say, whatever you say you want me to do, whatever opportunity you want me to step into, Lord, may it come to pass. May it become true. I, and, and our willingness to walk in that, and I believe that that was the thing that really propelled Mary by just saying, God, whatever you say, whatever you say. It's not what people around me are saying. It's not the enemy who keeps trying to knock me down. God, what do you say? Let's agree with what he says about us. I want to ask if Heather would come to the keyboard. I want to read this one portion of scripture one more time out of Luke chapter one. Just the Mary, Basically, Mary had this song of praise, verse 46 in Mary's response. And the thing is, and I noticed that Mary responded each time. She responded. And I believe God is asking us for us to respond to him this morning. She responded, oh, how my soul praises the Lord, how my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he took notice of this lowly servant girl. And from now on, all the generations will call me blessed, for the mighty one is holy, and he has done great things for me. How many can say, he is holy, and he's done great things for me? We need to say, because we can say, well, my life's messed up. I, I can't see it. He has done great things. He has done great things for us. And we need to grab a hold of that and say, God, I, I have to agree with you. I have to believe what you're saying. Your word is true. The only thing really left for us then is to respond like Mary did and say, yes. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I don't know everybody who's here today. But I believe, and in fact, I know God knows every one of us here today. He knows every situation. He knows what we're going through and what we're dealing with in our life. Nothing that's happening in your life is a surprise to him whatsoever. The one thing is, is he is waiting there with the greatest answers that you would ever need. He, he is our all in all. He's our everything. He is for us. He's not against us. He is nothing but good for us in store. He knows every decision that you've made and every one you will make. And I'll tell you, the greatest decision you'll ever make in your life, and many in this room would agree, is accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Absolutely the number one most important, greatest decision you ever make. Even before picking a spouse, <laughs> that would be your second most important decision, which is a has to be an important decision, but making him Lord of your life. If you're here today and maybe you thought, you know what? I don't understand all this stuff. I don't understand all of God's favor and his grace, but you don't have to try to understand that right now. All you have to respond and say, you know, there's something in me that's feeling like I, I need that. I need a savior. I need somebody who would cleanse my sins, somebody who would be Lord of my life, somebody who would help this mess. 
because we are a mess left to our own devices. But he wants to take that mess and turn it into a miracle and turn it into, he's created us. He's the potter and he's reshaping us and molding us into something that's beautiful and that he wants to use. If you're here this morning and you, you say, you know, Pastor Steve, I've never really committed my life to Christ, but I want it today. This would be a great day, December 24, 2017. Anybody here at all? Let's do your hand. Anybody at all? I mean, we're, we're, we're bold here. We're, this, is, this is God's doing. Anybody at all? Then, then my expectation, understanding that we're all saved here today, and that's good, and, and, and God is good. But if maybe you're hesitant or anything, certainly come up and talk to me after the service. I'd love to pray for you. I understand God's still working. That's, he, he's a good God. Lord, I pray right now, as, as the rest of the worship team can go ahead and come up, I just pray for each person. I thank you, God, that you wanted to remind us today of your favor and your grace on our lives. We get so busy in everything, and we get so, uh, sometimes we get stressed out with just our own trying to figure things out and trying to make sense of stuff when, when you're just coming and gently tapping on our hearts today to say, remember your favor. Remember my grace. Remember I have a plan. We have an opportunity to do great things for the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. It's not about us. It's about him. And we thank you, God, that you are a good God. We're so thankful but Mary said yes. <laughs> she said yes. I'm willing. I'm willing to even look like a fool. I'm willing to do whatever it takes. Yeah. Thank you, Lord, for the things that you're doing in our lives and you're working in each one of us. personal life, the, the times where you've had to come in and teach me humility, teach me the things that didn't feel good, but yet in the end when I look back I said, yeah, God, you were right, you were right, I wasn't right. I thank you, God, for your many blessings. You're such a good God, such a good God. We're going to have the teams sing a song that we let off with this morning. And then after that, we're going to show a little video of some cool stuff that we did yesterday. So appreciative of the team that came out and helped us yesterday. There's 12 families in our community who are really blessed because of you guys and other people to have a great Christmas, 40 kids, at least 40 kids' lives that are rocked and changed because when we walked into these homes and some of them, well, this, the conditions probably wouldn't be the best conditions that you would think. But I tell you what, these are people who Jesus loves these people. And, and we were able to go in and be a blessing. We split up into two teams and, uh, and went out and, and did this. And um, I want to thank all those who were involved. We had a couple Santa Clauses. Um, Tony, thanks so much for being the Black Santa this year. And uh, <laughs> here, I'll tell you this really quick story. It's funny. I, I was the, the Santa with one team, and Tony was the Santa with the other team. So we had a white police officer who was with Tony, 
and a black police officer was with me. One of the houses that they went to, there was a gift that we got, forgot to get delivered. It happened to be in our pile of gifts. Everything went off great, but, but there's always kind of the purpose for everything. But it's funny because I, when I called Jane, I said, hey, I think we have a gift that goes to the house that you guys were at. So you had the, and I said, hey, we'll, we'll, we'll go ahead and deliver that one. We'll, we'll, we'll deliver that back to them. And so, uh, you know, black Santa, white cop were already there. And so black cop, white Santa show up and we walk to the door and they're looking at us like, <laughs> just kind of a funny little story. I, it, was, it was fun and good. And anyway, so that was, but so after we sing a song, um, you guys have the video ready to go? So just, okay, let's start this and then we'll see how it goes. You guys can stand with us as we sing. Thank you for listening to City Life Church Podcast. 